Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, we inch closer to the end of the basketball season. Maximum nine games left. Maybe only five. Somewhere in there. The Milwaukee Bucks take a step towards the title. They beat the Atlanta Hawks at home. Never really blow them out. Well, they did kind of blow them out in the final five to six minutes or so. Most of the game just kind of had them, held them at bay about ten points. Uh, so a, a comfortable, not overwhelming blowout, but a fairly comfortable win for the Bucks. It's not like they were behind and chasing the game or anything. Brooke Lopez went off. And I think that all the things we talked about in Game 6 with the Jazz and the Clippers and what went wrong when the Clippers went small, did the Jazz punish them at the other end of the court? If they're going small, Rudy needs to dunk the ball. And Jazz got to figure out how to do it. He's got to overpower somebody. He's got to finish through contact. If they need to back screen for him or whatever they need to do. They got to take advantage of their size advantage when they got it. And man, the Bucks did that in a big way. Lopez got one dunk after another dunk after another dunk. Some lobs, sometimes they give him the ball, you know, 12 to 15 feet from the hoop. And uh, Euro stepped his way, but it always finishing, never flinging it up off the glass, finishing strong and throwing that thing down. Something for the Jazz to look forward to uh, going next year. Um, it's something they got to see. That's something Rudy's got to improve in the offseason, and that's the way the Jazz have to be better because they're going to continue to see small ball lineups. There's, there is no mystery there. And Milwaukee solved Atlanta. Both teams were missing their stars. Giannis Antetokounmpo was on the bench cheering, bench, cheering him on. Trey Young didn't go either. Um, and without those two stars, uh, the rest of the guys really stepped up. Uh, Drew Holiday throwing a lot of lobs, getting some assists, getting guys easy buckets. Obviously, Lopez came up big. Uh, Middleton was good, too. So, Bucks now up three games to two. They go to Atlanta with a chance to close it out Saturday night. And if not, game seven is Monday night in, uh, in Milwaukee. So, two games to go here, and the winner gets the, uh, gets the Phoenix Suns. A little NFL news for you. <clears throat> You'd fans... Find that well, Cougar fans and Aggie fans will enjoy this because they don't, they don't like uh, Urban, but even some Ute fans might. You know, Urban certainly played fast and loose with the rules and colored outside the lines at Florida and Ohio State and got in trouble. You get to the NFL, and there's certainly a lot fewer rules, right? And uh, some of them he doesn't control. You know, as a head coach, you're both GM and coach essentially of a college program, whereas you go to the NFL and he's a coach, but you know, if something goes wrong with a salary cap or something there, that, that's not really on the coach. Uh, but there are a few things he can do, and Urban's already crossed one of those lines by uh, the OTAs, and they're really limited in the contact, and he broke the rules on that. So now he's been fined individually, and the Jaguars have been fined as a club. A couple other teams got dinged, but not as bad as Jacksonville. Come on, Urban! Playing fast and loose with the rules. Huge shock there, right? Uh, today is the last show before the 4th of July. <coughs> so, uh, topic for the show, one of our topics, we've got several things to get to. Great American victories. Where's a victory where just as an American, you just felt good? Now, this rules, rules out a lot of the college and pro sports. Maybe, maybe there's a way, an angle where an NBA final, a Super Bowl, a World Series, you felt proud as an American. But I think it goes to some other sports. Um, golf, tennis, the Olympics, the World Cup, you know, that kind of stuff. Where were you really proud as an American? Now, there could be baseball examples. You know, um, you know, baseball coming back to New York after uh, 9-11. Um, so, so there could be some examples there. You know, I think that, um, I think whenever you go to this list, the U.S. Olympic hockey team, 1980, I mean, they literally made a movie about a team and 
a game, but more than a game, you know, the whole Olympics and the whole whole ride to it. And I think that is the one. But there are other strong, you know, for golfers, I think there's multiple Ryder Cups that might jump out. For me, it'd be Brookline, 99, and Justin Leonard makes a 45-foot putt. I was talking about this with... Uh, one of our Channel 2 producers, Tim Peterson, who's a huge golf fan. Huge. Just really intense when it comes to golf. He really, really enjoys it. Like, golf is right next to the NFL, 1 and 1A. One you know, he loves them both. Um, and, he, and he follows the NBA and the jazz and college football and all that stuff, but he's really passionate about the NFL and golf. And he was saying about Brookline, yeah, that was awesome, but man, how do you play that well when you look that bad? He was really down on the shirts they were wearing. It's the weirdest thing for him to say. But I do remember those shirts, but I really do remember that putt, the celebration on that green. That was that was pretty intense for a Ryder Cup. So I think that that probably needs to go on the list. I think that's one that, uh, that kind of jumps out at you. Uh, World Cup for me is pretty easy. The U.S. beat Mexico to go to the quarterfinals. I grew up 10 miles from the border, so I get that rivalry. I think a lot of people do. Uh, from Gold Cups to World Cup qualifiers. But that was the game on the biggest stage. And they've certainly, you know, traded their punches, and both sides have had bragging rights at one point or another over the last 25, 30 years. Uh, Mexico was the big dog. The U.S. had a run. Mexico had a run. Maybe the U.S. is about to start another one. It's a pretty intense game here uh, recently in the Nations League final. But nothing matches the round of 16, where Mexico always seems to get. They qualify. Sometimes it's scary, but they get there, and they get out of group play. And they never get to the quarters. They always get knocked out in the round of 16. It's just one time after another after another. And they thought they might get out, and little brother, the U.S. knocked him out. That was, that was pretty cool in 2002. That was a highlight. Um, I think for basketball, the dream team, maybe the redeem team in 08 after losing in 04. That might have done it for you. But I think a lot of people go to the dream team, where basketball just really exploded internationally in 1992. Even though the competition, you know, the competition was great in all these other events. But... The competition wasn't great there, but the team just really captured everybody's imagination. So there's a few. I'm sure there are a few more. You can hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. We'll get to that later in the show. All right, DJ and PK, still more to come. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz, but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network from the NBA Draft to free agency and on to the summer league the zone will be with the jazz every step of the way as the jazz front office builds for the future your exclusive home of utah jazz basketball is right here on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network good morning dj and pk it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone Well, today is the second day of a brave new world on multiple fronts. Pac-12 commissioner is on his second day on the job, and PK and I are going to get to the changes that he can bring to the Pac-12, and we will do that next. But right now, it's day day two of a brave new world for name, image, and likeness. Players can now make money off of their name. Want to do an endorsement? Great. Want to wear a hat or a t-shirt and get paid for it like you're a PGA golfer or a NASCAR driver? Great. Want to do an appearance and sign autographs? So be it. Know how to capitalize on social media? Make money off Instagram and TikTok and whatever else? Be an influencer? Great. But unintended consequences. 
And this thing's going to reverberate around college sports, mostly around college football, but around some other sports too. So late in the show yesterday, we had Brian Keel on, former Brighton high guy, former BYU linebacker, former NFL player, to kind of get his perspective on athletes and how they will approach this. Here's Brian Keel with PK and I. Brian, good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Brian, we're doing well. You know, at different times, I had a conversation with Ron Boone where he told me he was born 20 years too early when he saw the money flowing in the NBA. And then Thurl <laughs> Bailey, who was born 20 years later, said, I was born 20 years too early. Are you about to tell us you were born 20 years too early? Uh, that'll, that will always be true. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think everybody's right when they say that. You're right. It's always true. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. So you are a local guy. You've always been a local guy. You came up through the ranks and played at Brighton, and you were a great player, played in college, played in the NFL. Uh, what do you think of now with this idea of these kids being able to get paid as far as the local kid being able to cash in? And you've always had a very good personality and very talkative and all that stuff, and you had the talent to back it up. I'm sort of thinking that maybe it helps – kid that colleges keep these better high-end kids that are going running off to Stanford and Oregon or SC or what have you because you could literally start building your brand as a 16 year old am I just maybe hoping and wishing but there's not some reality there put yourself in that position because if you were 16 now and with the talent that you had this would be you yeah I I mean so there's there's so much going on here I'm first of all it's about time in my opinion um, I think it's when you really look at it, just from a, a legal standpoint and from a from a free market freedom standpoint. I mean, it's just ridiculous that it's taken this long. Um, it's just it's kind of a joke that you look at the type of dollars the NCAA is bringing in with commissioners and and you know different top level people, and then and then you got these kids who are creating that value. And and they're you know been told for a hundred years and oh no no you you can't make any money off of off of your talent off of your name off of your own name your own picture you can't make it's just crazy so I, I you know I applaud that they finally that it's finally happening and yeah the the landscape is going to be very different and honestly I I'm interested to see how it shakes out um, and and what you just alluded to i i hope that's the case i i don't know that i could confidently say that 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 will be the case um but i hope that is the case i hope that it gives schools a, a, another tool in their arsenal to stay competitive with with the, the big boys if you will um in terms of recruiting and and ho- hopefully cuz cuz ultimately what you want is is you want you want equality you want parity that's what makes the game interesting. If, it, if it's a foregone conclusion, who's going to win? It's not as fun. It's not as exciting. Uh, it's not as interesting. So hopefully there's, this, this adds to that parity and, and, it, and it makes the game more level, uh, the playing field more level. I, I hope that's the case. And I hope these kids, you know, start to, to cash in. Okay, but we're seeing the elite high school football players in Utah going to Oregon year after year, and USC comes in and gets the quarterback Jackson Dart out of Corner Canyon. And the whole Pac-12's here. Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, certainly. Are kids still going to have stars in their eyes? Are they going to have a, a... Would you have had a business mentality at 16, 17, thinking, I'm known here, I can elevate myself even more here, it is literally worth it to me 
to stay here, and will it change that kind of balance of power with recruiting kids in the state of Utah? Yes, so I, I think that it will help certain positions and certain players to do exactly what you want, to, to be able to maximize their earning potential. And, you know, if you go across the country to where you're not a known commodity, you're not necessarily, especially early on, um, you're not going to have the same leverage and earning potential that you would staying local. That's just a fact. Um, and, 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 and on top of that, you go, you go across the country or you go, you know, not necessarily across the country, but, you know, out west to um, one of these Pac-12 schools, you're, the, the market is more saturated. And you're now fighting in terms of, of, of your earning potential for, for, for this name and likeness opportunities. You're fighting a full roster of other multi, multi-star recruits with big names, a lot of them already there, established. And so I think, I think, I think you're right. I think you'll see some of these higher-name kids that are, that are local. They're at least, you know, whether or not they stay here and go to BYU or Utah um, or Utah State, um, whether or not that happens, I for sure think that it, it now is more on the table. They, they have to think things through more and weigh their options. And, and, I, and I, I, with you, I hope that that's what happens. I hope they stay here and, and they keep our local schools more competitive. And, and I think that that doesn't just benefit the state of Utah. I think that benefits all of college sports because, you know, competition is, is what makes the whole thing tick. How do you think the balance of the team is going to be affected if one guy's making a whole bunch of money and somebody else who's busting in the weight room and all that stuff and doing the same thing but isn't as good or isn't as uh, charismatic or what have you or for whatever reason just didn't get it and he's not making near as much money if at all do you think that changes anything yeah so there'll, there'll be a different dynamic and i think the biggest difference really is just the maturity level of the kids we're talking about here um you know every professional team essentially is already working with this dynamic. Right. And, um, I mean, you go to the, the NFL and the NBA, I mean, with, with some of the contracts they get, um, or, you know, baseball is probably the most, the most drastic when you take the top to the bottom, um, of the rosters with how much they're making. Um, and, and I mean, it's just, there, there's, there's guys in different, galaxies in, in terms of their yearly salaries, right? And in, in those locker rooms, there's, there's not. There really isn't any um, jealousy or you know, ill will. Um, it's all just guys are happy for their teammates, and they, they hope to be the guy, the guy next. Um, but again, they're a little bit more mature. They're a few years older. Um, and so I think with these younger kids, you know, some of them are going to be 17, 18. There probably will be a little bit of that, um, and that'll just be another dynamic to, to navigate. Brian Keel joining us, former BYU and NFL linebacker. So I'm curious, as you've watched the trend of transferring accelerate, will this slow that down a little bit? Because when you talk about a player going away from home not being was worth as much money, if you're bouncing between programs – you're 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 an unknown. You're nameless. You're faceless. Yes, I I hope it does. I I I'm glad that kids have the opportunity to transfer because I think you know the shoe should be on both feet. You know, coaches can leave willy nilly. 
um, you know, athletic directors, whatever. They, they, they can, they can leave. I think players should be able to transfer. Um, and I'm glad that they are. I, I, I don't, I, that being said, I don't like how, how prevalent it is. I think that t- it hurts the game a little bit. And I think, I think kids are too quick to throw in the towel, to pack it up and to, 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 you know, to not necessarily quit, but, you know, go somewhere else. So anyway, I, I'm glad that it's there. I, I think it happens too much. And I hope that this does curb that. And, and, and in theory, it should, because like you just said, you know, you put in two years somewhere, um, building a name, building a brand, and, and yeah, if you, you pack up shop and, and go, especially to a, a completely different conference or a completely different part of the country, um, you're, you're kind of starting over there. So hopefully that curbs that a little bit. Do you think players, college players now, I don't know if we can call them agents, but will they have representatives to try to go out and market the individual player? Yeah, it, it, I'm sure that'll happen. And, and to be honest, you know, I, I a, a friend that I grew up uh, played with in, in middle school and high school. You know, one of my best friends, um, who's a lawyer, he reached out to me last year when this was all, you know, getting talked about uh, coming through the pipeline about that very thing. He and, and his, he's like, this is a great business opportunity. He's like, we should look into to um, you know who's going to represent these guys, who's going to navigate these waters for them, um, and. And, and yeah, there, I, I think like anything, um, when, when a market is created, uh, people will enter that market and they'll try to utilize every avenue uh, where money can be made. So I, I do, I do think that will, will end up happening. You know, brokers or agents, you know, what, whatever you want to call them. This is going to keep parents involved longer than it used to, isn't it? Because the parents are going to be kind of brokering and managing that for the kid in high school. It'll be a natural transition for them to stay involved in college if they've already been involved in high school. Yeah, yeah. I think um, what what I think what a lot of these parents, um, especially the ones that are are super involved, I think um, it, it, it'll be it'll be a posturing. You know, you'll you'll start at a younger age. You'll start posturing, and um, especially with social media, uh, you know the way that and and social media I think will probably drive the majority of this. Um, and the, in terms of, of earning potential in dollars, and and you know with all these influencers and, and it's already been going on, and, and now you throw in these college athletes into that mix. Um, so I think yeah, you, you'll see parents and family. You, you'll start positioning and, and really trying to structure some of these kids earlier um, because it's all it's all about momentum. You know, if you can if you can get into college with a huge following, uh, you're just that much further ahead of. And it, it, it is it is going to be competition. There's only there's only so many dollars and so many clicks and likes and views and. There's only so many eyes to go around, so it's a competition versus the next guy. And if you can get a jump, a jump on on the next guy, then you're you're going to be that much ahead. Do you see any negative or unintended consequences because of this that would affect a college kid? Yeah, I mean, I think there you always run that risk. So, it, and like I said, where I'm interested to see how it shakes out, um, I'm sure there's going to be a trade-off. With with almost with almost every change, with almost every policy, you know, everything has trade offs. There's there's good and there's bad, um, and so I think there's going to be a lot of good with with this rule change, 
and inevitably there's going to be some bad. And you know, I'm definitely not smart enough to forecast precisely what that bad is going to be. But I'm I, you know, would be shocked if there isn't some sort of negative consequence. And that, that's just the trade-off, you know, with 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 a different policy and and, and another thing to navigate. When did you become old and wise, Brian? When did this happen? (laughs) So I think the negative, first off, I think you're totally right in what you just said. And the one that seems obvious to me, and I've heard this uh, from pros, and I think the pros are getting a little better about navigating it, but some are still struggling with it. When you win, it's time to go cash in. But that time you spend cashing in is time not spent on working on your craft. And whether you cheat in the weight room, room a little bit, or you cheat on the diet a little bit, or you just miss the rest because you're jetting around the country cashing in, there's a price to be paid. And all we hear is that with these college kids, it is a being a D1 football player is a full-time job. And even when the coaches can't be around you and there's a quote-unquote dead period, the team self-organizes and still lifts weight and they still practice and it's a player's run practice. And I'm just wondering if there's going to be a trade-off with time. It seems like there has to be. And some guys are going to check out a little bit because they go off to cash in. Yeah, that's it. So you, yeah, as as you say that, my my the wheels start turning in my head, and I I totally agree with you. So, um, you know, time is finite. Finite. There's only so many hours in a day, and um, there's there's opportunity cost. Every hour you spend doing one thing is an hour you can't spend doing another thing. And so, um, you know, you take a quarterback for instance. Take Zach Wilson. The kid obviously put the work in. He um, he improved dramatically from when he showed up in Provo to ending up being the number two overall pick, right? And and he put that work in, and it paid off for him. Um, he put the work in on the practice field. Um, it was covered ad nauseum how many times he went and, <laughs> and trained with John, John Beck. Um, he, he obviously put the, the work in in the film room, et cetera, et cetera. Now, now, fast forward to this new protocol, this new procedure. You have these kids – um, if they're trying to create a brand, if they're trying to curate a social media presence and create, you know, these TikTok videos and all this stuff, and this this is a world that I I don't understand. This world, I'm 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 too old for it. But these kids, they spend a lot of time creating these videos and and pictures, and and they take multiple multiple takes, and and they have to set the camera up anyway there's a lot of stuff that goes into it that those that time is time that they're not in the film room they're not working on on their mechanics they're not working on their craft so yeah so as you say that that, that i think that will be something um that these kids will have to decide how much time do i spend trying to build this brand and how much time do i spend grinding and that's just going to be an uh, individual decision well, we appreciate a few minutes, Brian. We want to apologize to you. We're sorry you were born 20 years too late. <laughs> you know, whoever's born now was still born 20 years off, so it just yeah. uh, every generation laments the next one. Thanks for coming on and spending a few minutes with us, though. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. There's Brian Keel, former Brighton Bengal, former BYU Cougar, and a former NFL linebacker as well. When we come back, the new Pac-12 commissioner. What changes is he going to make? What difference is he going to make? PK and I get to that next. Stay with us. This is fire for three. 
The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz. You're but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome in to the second day of a brave new world. No, we're not talking name, image, and likeness. What are we talking about? Pac-12 got a new commissioner. The same day name, image, and likeness kicked off. July 1st was a very big day. And here on July 2nd, we're going to spend a few minutes talking about the new commish. George Klyavikov. It's a tongue twister. It really is. What difference is he going to make? Uh, Does the world mean anything to you? (laughs) He's going to make a world of difference? (laughs) No, I just want to know. Does the world mean anything to you? Yes, the world means something to me. (laughs) Your world or the greater world? Both. (laughs) Okay. My world means something to me, but so does the greater world. Well, my world is empty without you, babe. All right. We got a lot of people weighing in. This is up on our Facebook page. And uh, I will read them aloud, and you will immediately react with your Jersey Kinahan legendary gut instinct. Are you ready? Yes. He's going to get fans in the stands for football games. How so? Jace Dalton does not explain. I would say that in the short run, that is not true. In the long run, if he can negotiate something with the TV networks so they set most of the game times earlier, then that I could see where that could help. A lot of people have complained about that. Two words, good luck. I don't think it's that hard. I think you could... Mm, really? Set, yeah. I think you could set most of them, and then the way the NFL does it, you give them a few waivers to move. And so you're moving games if teams are really good. Then what difference does it make that you set them? Because I think most of them could be set now, and they just aren't. And they, I think they could set. But if you the move yet. them, then what's set all you want? Right. It's like I got a guaranteed contract in the NFL until they cut you. But you could right now say, I don't want that Arizona game. It's on the Pac-12 network. Kick it off at noon. Now, they don't say it. But if you said that now, would you be wrong this year? But that, that's, ESPN that's and Fox cosmetic. don't want the Arizona game. Okay, but you're already going to know about it. So that's cosmetic. Don't we already know that USC games are the game? Couldn't they already plug those games in at 6 o'clock or AB, on ABC or 5 o'clock on ESPN or one thirty on ESPN or ESPN2, whatever? Couldn't no. they already plug that in and no. already know that? No, I don't think you do know. I, I think they do. I, you're, you're guessing. It may be an educated guess, but you're still guessing. Yep. Who would have thought Colorado got off to the fast start last year? There will be curveballs. But see, then when you tell the Colorado fan base, we're changing that game time, they're a little disappointed, but they're so hyped they're winning, they don't really care. And if it's at Utah, you're not going to it anyway. That, so they don't care. They the, couldn't care. That's the less. downside. You can't fix Nobody's everything. Nobody's ever said in the West, uh, man, I sure hate watching games at 7.30, 8.30 at night. <laughs> Well, I think in the mountain time zone, they do say, I hate going at 8.30 at night. But I don't That's think they I do said on the about, Pacific Coast. But I said yeah. watching. I didn't say going. Right. I said the Colorado game is here. So they don't have to adjust their schedules to go to the game. 
They would just be watching it anyway, except for a thousand or two thousand people who come up there and sit in the south uh, west stands. Yeah, but the visiting fans, but three thousand in the corner. Yeah, that those are just they're little numbers anyway. And at that point, what difference they're does hardcore. it make? They're, they're they're hardcore. Their day is built around the game whenever it plays. I'm not sure you can do that. I think it's just a. It's a hazard, and it's a negative byproduct of being in this time zone. Kevin says he's going to let us watch the PAC network on DirecTV. That's huge. Is he really going to be able to pull it off? If they give in, yes. They're not going to give in. Why not? Oh, which they? Pac-12. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, they might. You're right. Maybe he can build some consensus there. I thought DirecTV giving in. I'm like, DirecTV's not oh, giving in. apparently just fine without it, so why yeah. would they give in? No, no, they wouldn't. That's what I was reacting to. Oh, yeah, can you, can you get a consensus here among the Pac-12? Like, hey, here's where we got to move the money to. Now, that's how it's going to affect all the other conferences, but are you okay, or all the other uh, TV contracts, but are you okay with it? Because we got to be on DirecTV because you're taking so much heat from your fan base. So can he develop consensus there and get the conference? Well, to it's a, you got to take the best, man. You thought you were all that, and turns out you weren't. And so, yeah, you can say that. Well, your games, most of your high-profile games are on other networks, and that was Larry Scott and all these other billion TV networks that are out there, uh, carrier subscribers, and all that stuff. I understand all that. But, you know, you also got basketball to worry about, and it's not that big compared to football. But then they put a ton of those games on. I mean, essentially, that's why I bought Comcast is for basketball. Yes. You don't really need to see the football games on the Pac-12 network. There just aren't that many good games on them, especially you, because you go to so many games in person. But basketball is a separate deal. Yeah, what I like for job purposes, because I'm at games, is then during the week, they play those games in an hour time frame. Uh Uh-huh. And I try to watch every single one of them during the week. Those are so useful, I don't even have words. (laughs) But I'm doing it for job-wise. I don't know if Joe Blow fan is doing it. No. But you and I, to catch up on a game, hey, I heard about this game, but I didn't see it happen. Right. And, I mean, the player hits the ground, and the announcer finishes the sentence, and they are at the line of scrimmage snapping the ball. Yeah. And they just move right through You can't blink, but I always watch literally every single game. It's great to catch up on anything you missed. And when I get home, too... I always watch the basically the studio show because they had in-depth interviews. So usually by the time I go to bed Saturday, even if I've, I'm covering a game, I'm still I've seen the highlights of them, uh, the plays that I need to see for television on Sunday and for obviously to come in on Monday. So I felt like I needed the Pat 12 Network studio show, which I think they do a pretty good job, actually. Um, it, it's an it's a nice thing. I, I wish for the conference sake, and I'm a conference guy at heart, and have been for forty years, that I wanted to get on direct for no other reason than I can save myself money and right. get rid of the other one, and I wouldn't need the other one. But now I feel like, and so I pay for two. Well, hopefully they'll get you a deal. Hopefully, yeah, I, that's hopefully gigantic. They get themselves a deal. That's yeah. He he but, comes but riding is, in on a white horse if he gets that one. Right, but it is for you know for Utah football fans. The Utes don't play in the Pac-12 network very often. 
You know, if you're just in it for the Utes, and you're in it for the whole conference for different reasons, and I am too, but if you're just in it for the Utes, they don't play a lot of Pac-12 games. And if you're a season ticket holder, you know, the, the open, they always play a big Sky team, and that's always... But once they get into conference play, they don't play a lot. The BYU game isn't going to be a Pac-12 network game. You know, it can't be if it's in Provo, obviously. Right. So that's an issue. Yeah, that's one issue. But I wonder, you know, getting the football teams to to get into the playoff, and that's why Larry Scott and the Pac-12 were pushing for the automatic bid. At least that takes some heat off you, although I think that that maybe adds heat. If you get in and keep getting slaughtered. You're moving the bag back at first base. There's still going to be controversy. And And now apparently, since it looks like we're on track to go to 12 teams here at some point, well, and I'm sure how the far, how hoping long are they? Yeah, how long are they going to last in the tournament? That it's going to be during his tenure. Yeah, because that's three, four years down the road. Mm-hmm. And and the other guy, Scott, he made forty million dollars in his time. Great. <laughs> Was there like twelve years? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing in radio, PK? <laughs> forty million, and he had a house out in. Where was it? Danville area was yeah. big exclusive. But then I understood he was renting apartments in San Francisco. So sometimes, you know, he could, depending on if he's working late or whatever, yeah. he'd just have a place there. The most expensive place. I mean, I don't, no offense, I don't expect Bakersfield, but there's got to be some happy medium there. And it's, I heard the line. Well, for uh, years they were in Walnut Creek, and that was the happy medium. I mean, it's still yeah. the Bay Area, it's expensive, but it's out in the Burbs. It's not as expensive as downtown. I heard that that's the reason why ESPN is not is in Bristol and not Manhattan. Yeah, real estate. Yeah, and, and that's still high level back there for sure. But obviously, in the city of New York, is going to be through the roof. And same thing with San Francisco. I think those are literally the two most expensive areas. Blair says hopefully he will de-wimpify the pack and they could go back to common sense decision making and not bend over for the California universities. Perhaps it could be an athlete conference instead of a political organization. Ah, who am I kidding? A political organization? I feel a lot of uh, not playing football over the COVID uh, frustration in that. Oh, okay. All right. All right. That's how I took that. Well, they just followed the Big Big Ten and they both look stupid. And then they're, wait a second here. These other schools are playing. Yep. And then so slow to react. Even yeah. when they decided, hey, it's this is, this is a game changer with this testing. There was, there was no urgency. Right. They waited. There's something like it was, it was a groundbreaking thing. And then you waited three weeks to start discussion to come back. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> it's time slipping away here, man. You got a season. But it's, there's no urgency. The, the Mountain I, I, West I and the Big Ten were on the same timeline as you. You know, same safety concerns as you. But they sprinted back, so they got to play a couple extra games. And you strolled back, and so you had teams playing four games. Yes. Nobody said you had to be the SEC and get in 10 conference games. But Although some of them had some issues. I mean, the Sun Devils were battered. They started yeah. and then closed down for a month. I think they tried to play six games is what they were doing. But I still think they started a week or two. Oh, After they totally the Mountain did. West they totally Conference. Did. Totally did, yeah. yeah. They totally did, yeah. And the Mountain West was following you, and the Pac-12 was following the, the Big Ten, and yet somehow you ended up coming in third just among those three And then nobody on their teams did, did any bowls except the Rose. We've had it. We're out. Yeah. But all, at least the teams, the teams all opted on that. The conference didn't make them do anything, you know, for whatever reason. 
And Kyle just seemed exhausted by the whole thing. And so did the players. At that point, everybody had had enough. Yeah, and it was some secondary bowl, which yeah. basically all the bowls are now. Yep. Neil says, what's the new commissioner going to do? I don't know. Maybe bring the Pac-12 conference to credibility. A lot of little things that need to be done in that regard. But does credibility really rest on USC or Oregon getting in the playoff? I, I mean, the, arguably sure. somebody well, else, Utah, it Washington. Be. It could be anybody. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the ultimate. But there can you can go a long way towards controlling the controllables and stop with the nonsense of the officiating and some of the stuff and the crazy calls and reviews and all the stuff that came to light that really put yourself yeah. behind the able. And that's what they hired Merton Hanks to do. And uh, we'll see uh, if if he can clean that up. So combine, I think it was accumulation of stuff that you ended up not getting in, and then you had some other stuff that was just laughable. And then you've got your own guys, i.e. Mike Leach, coming out strongly and basically saying this is biased Mm -hmm. and it's not fair. And once you start tilting other things that related to the sport on the field as unfair and unequal, it becomes wrestling. Not good. Yeah. But once we found out that there were executives with no background in refereeing telling replay officials what to do, it just gave Leach tons of credibility. Like, and, hey, we got to listen to this guy. Look yes, what's going on. Yes, it gave on. him credibility, but it, all, it also severely damaged the image of the conference. No question. And I think they've got to set up schedules. They, if they're going to go with the Thursday night, then you have the bye before. Yep. Uh, I think that's got to be a requirement. They haven't, they haven't been playing a lot of Thursday games. It seems to have settled on Friday games. Because once the NFL decided to play every Thursday, okay, Pac-12 kind of abandoned the Thursday. Game. And I would like for them to have buys if they could possibly. I like do the that. buys before Friday. There's too that's many. What I'm talking about. Yeah, there's too big a track record. Even though there's one extra day, Thursday to Friday, there's still too big a track record of what happens to teams especially the teams that play on the road on Saturday and then on the road on the short week on Friday. I wonder if they're going to go down the 9 o'clock kickoff. I think they want to. I'm not clear how hard they're going to push schools to do it. Um, and some schools seem more willing, and how many of them do they want? You know, we're seeing it in the Mountain West, Utah, Utah State and Boise State, they're going to do the early uh, 10 a.m. Mountain Time kickoff for their game, and they're on big CBS. As a fan, I have zero problem with it, but it's easy for me to say as a fan because I'm used to watching 10 o'clock football anyway, so why not watch some teams that I actually care about? 100%. But, but we're not the I'm ones not who have to, to get up yeah. and eat the pregame meal at 4.45 in the morning. Right. Exactly. Uh, but especially, I am having... The only, the only difference, I am having nachos at 10.30. <laughs> especially if you had to travel a lot to get to the game. And, and some of these conference trips really it. aren't much, and Boise State to Utah State isn't much, but the Arizona schools to the Washington schools are a long way. Oh, sure, but you can leave in two Then you got to early. leave earlier, yeah. But then it jacks up your Thursday or your Friday practice for your Saturday game, and again, it's the short week, and coaches will complain about everything. Right. So do you think they're going to push hard and just say, everybody has to play one in the next two years and everyone's got to play one at home? Or it's going to be, hey, we want you to do it. And behind the scenes, they lean on you, but they don't go public in order. No, I mean, I don't want no offense to these schools, but I don't want Washington State and Arizona at 10 o'clock. 
if you're going to have uh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. have it right. be worth yeah. the money. Yeah, you got you got to be in the top half, top third of the league. Right. It's got to be a premier game. Well, if you're going to give those to the networks, you got to get something back. Like, we're going to do this for you, and what are you going to do for us? They're going to pay you. <laughs> More? Yes. Oh, okay, that's good. Because I wondered if there could be a little horse trading for, okay, but we also need some 130 time slots over here. You kind of shot away from that, but we didn't exactly kill you. Utah and Washington gave you a great game at 1.30 in the afternoon. Oh, a couple years back? Yeah. And that was sweet. And I, I got to say, I was surprised when that game was announced at that time. I'm like, wow, that's a good time slot. The used don't get that. On the road for that game, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Be playing the day, the sunshine. It was in November, and it was a nice day, and the Utes won. Uh, I can remember... Several guys coming up to me. This is the kind of game we haven't won since we've been in the conference, and they won that game, and all was well in Uteland, and yeah, it was that was that was pretty sweet, and and it was a beautiful day up there in uh, Seattle. Yeah, unlike the prior time they were there, it was uh, eight thirty at night, seven thirty up there, I guess. I think and I it think was the conference cold. Yeah, the conference is always going to have to play one or two of those games a week. They they just are. You know, and so if there's a game on FS1 and a game on ESPN, well, yeah, but so then you do so that. You do that in the desert, which is 7:30 in September. Well, and the TV network, and they need to do it because like, it's too hot. Yeah, the TV network, and, and so that's why going back to the thing, I think some of these game times can be set. Mm, I'm not that concerned about it. I mean, a couple of weeks is plenty. It's like it's become a mystery. You know, what's it going to be? Oh, they're going to release it. <laughs> you like the news of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start times now. Like you're just looking to see what Wilner puts out on Twitter. When we're really <laughs> bored, with the, uh, lay out all the, uh, game, the kick times for the Pac-12 network at the start of the year and see how many of them I get right. That's really boring. I just don't think it's that. Okay, let's do that on a Saturday. Do it on Yacht Saturday <laughs> I wasn't show. talking about doing it on a oh, show. Oh, 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 I was oh. talking about just <laughs> doing it. Okay. You're, I mean, I could tell you in literally, you know, 30 seconds. Well, I don't hey, know that all the, the games. I think the Ute games would be somewhat interesting. That would, yeah. I would be up for that if you did well, that. Okay. It, but you kind of have to do it as a jigsaw puzzle for the whole conference because everything's got to fit. Again, nobody cares what Washington, what, what right. Washington State and Arizona But to figure are, out where the Utes are going to fall on that and predict, I'm going to have to know what other things are going on. I understand that. that I understand. You're going to have to have some reasoning behind yes. it. Just don't come in here one morning with... Uh, what would that be? And then in week five, Oregon State. Nine games times 12 teams. Don't come in on that. <laughs> that, or if 50, you do. There's 50, 54 conference games, okay. I think is what you're getting at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah don't, don't do that. This, you're not Joe Lenardi here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe, I predicted all the Pac-12 kickoff times. See what you think. Hey, dude, go get a life. Because <laughs> that last four in and first four out stuff just drives me nuts. Like, who cares? <laughs> I only care if it's uh, one of our teams. I really struggle even if it's other Pac-12 and Mountain West teams. I don't even care on that because that means you haven't earned your way in. There's plenty of opportunities to get yourself in. Just get in. Yeah, when it's a 68-team tournament, it's hard to argue about there. You know, there's plenty of opportunities. Yeah. So, uh, Brad says, hopefully the Pac-12 network on YouTube TV. 
Everyone's got their favorite well, provider. Go now. down the road. Yeah. yeah. A friend of mine just went to YouTube. Yeah. Surprise. 65 years old. Yeah. And he saved a lot of money. He, that's what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. He just moved. And with the move of the house, he went that direction. I think my brother does YouTube and Apple, I think, are his two things. Yach says he does YouTube. I'm still traditional. Yeah. But again, it comes down to what we've had to chase down for work. In retirement, when you're looking to cut expenses, you know, the friend at 65, was he downsizing? Was he retired? No, he works. Oh, he does? Okay. Mm -hmm. So he just moved, and that was a chance. Hey, I'm going to have to reconnect. Why reconnect? Yeah. With Actually, old, he won't move for his job, really, to be closer to downtown. Oh, really? Yeah. He had reasons for being more out in the burbs, and those reasons changed. So he wanted to be yeah. closer. No, he's, I don't know, he hasn't it's, talked about retirement. You could you could do it. It's not that hard. My brother's no genius. He's pulled it off, so you can do it. The problem is you just can't right now, given what you're trying to watch for your job. We're, we're just in a weird situation because of that. Otherwise, you could pare it back big time. Yeah, um, it would be my wife's decision. <laughs> I don't let her worry about that. <laughs> she wanted to do it, I'd say, okay. This one, this is different, but we've kind of touched on this. Daniel says, the new Pac-12 commissioner, he's not going to pay himself like a dictator. Mm, that's so, up to the president. Man. So quit, right? So, But quit the, the dictator part, though. So quit treating the athletic departments, uh, athletic directors like they're in your way. Treat them like they're on your team. Sure, there were issues there. Guys, I need some recommendations. We need to brainstorm some ideas. I'm not going to let you tell me what to do, but we're on the same team. Uh, Larry Scott had an attitude, apparently, that this is the most important job in the world. And I got this. Yeah. And the combination of the two. Drove, did him, did him in and he made $40 million. <laughs> so, yeah. Let this be a lesson to you. Yeah. Who won that one? And then we've got Jeff. He's inviting BYU in immediately to finally give the Pac-12 the credibility that only the Zubies can provide. That got both heart emojis and laughing emojis. You can I, guess which fan base provided which. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see Utah and BYU in the conference, but it's not going to happen, so no. forget it. There seems to be zero... No desire for the league to expand. I mean, UNLV would get in ahead of them. UNLV's not getting in. But they would. They, yeah. they would be higher on the list. Boise State? I'm not sure about that. San Diego or Fresno? Hawaii? Seems like, no. New Mexico? CSU? <laughs> Everybody, no. No. The whole Mountain West? No, Vegas because the city is booming. Yeah. And it's a city that people want to travel to. Yeah, they already have a Even though presence. UNLV would be bringing up the rear immediately. Yeah. Finishing behind Arizona in the South Division. I do think one thing the new commission is going to do as this new playoff gets here, the way it seems to be taking shape, I think the divisions are going to go away. I think the top, I think there's going to be one 12-team standings and the top two teams are going to play in the conference title game. I don't think you can afford with this new playoff that seems to be on the horizon. I know stuff can still change. But it seems to be on the horizon. I don't think they can risk having the three best teams in the conference in one division, yeah. and then the other division champ at six and three in the league and nine and three overall and ranked twenty fourth in the nation. Yeah, I agree. Having yeah. them pull off an upset. I've been against the divisions from day one. I think you're about to get what you want. Yeah. 
I've said that. I've said that on record. Goodbye to the divisions. And I think yeah. the new 12 team playoff, if it happens, that's the nail in the coffin. That's what does it. Sure. Makes so. total sense to me. All right. DJ and PK, 97.5 and 1280, the zone. Coming up next, what is trending? All the headlines are on the way, including playoff basketball. That's next. Stay with us.